Hey. Hi. Hello. Welcome back, Misses, and welcome back to a new episode. Today, we are continuing our People You Should Know series. Yep. And we're talking about Joseph of Arimathea. 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 Arithmetic. Say that three times fast. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. But yeah, we're talking about Joseph of Arimathea. And first of all, we wanted to open up this episode with the fact that we, d- we don't know much about this man. Right. Yeah. Like if, if I wasn't, if I hadn't been reading the Gospels recently, I just wouldn't know who he is. Yeah, he he's there. And if you've read the Gospels, he probably sounds familiar, but I feel like we kind of gloss over it a lot of times. Not going to lie. Yes, yeah. definitely. Definitely. It's not one of those. It's like, I don't know. It would be yeah. hard to get it in Bible trivia, I think. Yeah, yeah. Unless you've been in the Gospels recently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It'd be for 1,000. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's get into it. So something that you notice, um, his name is also Joseph, right? Yes. There's that another Joseph. Mm-hmm. And we did an episode recently. I don't know. It was a couple of weeks ago, probably a month ago now. But it was um, a, uh, an episode about Joseph. Like, But we called it, I think, Joseph, a.k.a. Earth Dad. But it was oh, about yeah, yeah. like Jesus's father, Joseph. Right. Because there's a lot of Joseph. Yes. Because there's a lot of Joseph. But here's another one. Because um, we have Dad Joseph. We have Robe of Many Color Joseph. Mm-hmm. We have um, this Joseph. Mm-hmm. Or Matthea Joseph. Um, I can't think about any other ones right now. No, but I know there's more. I, f- I feel yeah, like there there's has to be. more that are in the Bible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, if you're a Bible scholar and you listen to this episode, please let us know how many Josephs are in the Bible. Yeah, maybe that's a trivia question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, we just search it, but yeah. we're going to leave it up to you. <laughs> but yeah, you tell us. <laughs> exactly, you tell us. But yes, like similar to Jesus, uh, Joseph was a common name at that time. And so of Arimathea means that he was from a Judean town called Arimathea. So right. similar to like Yadi and I, I would be like Francesca from Puerto Rico. And then right. you can distinguish me from all the other potential Francescas right. that Let's you know. Let's just say there's a lot of Francescas. We're like, well, the one from Puerto Rico. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was just helpful and it was an identifier because apparently we needed help <clears throat> at that time to identify people based on where they lived because there was a lot of similar names. Right. And I mean, there were no phone numbers or like direct addresses, that kind of thing. So you needed something to identify them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 what happened. That's yeah. why he is who he is. That's why we call exactly. him this. <laughs> exactly. So for context, we did find one meaning for Arimathea and we found it to mean the lion dead to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't find much else. Yes. And that definition is just dang. Yeah, it's pretty strong, but like there was nothing else uh, supporting that. So we're like, mm-hmm. right. Yes. I don't know. But, but. Um, we did find um, contextually, we found two other translations for Arimathea. The first one mm-hmm. we found was the Greek word um, for Arimathea and is transliterated to Harimathea, which is essentially the same word just with an H and right. it means heights. Mm-hmm. And then the Arimathea itself is of Hebrew origin, right? Which is because it was mm-hmm. probably like a town or a city or something right. um, in that region. And it's transliterated to Rama, which means hill. So we have Hebrew and it's hill. And then in the Greek, it's heights. 
So we see the parallel there and how right. it's essentially meaning kind the same similar. thing. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, just for some Bible info, uh, we see uh, Rama appear in the Bible. We see four places in Palestine that are actually named that. They're named Rama. Mm-hmm. And um, this is actually the birthplace of Samuel. And we see that in 1 Samuel 1, verse 1 and 19. And um, if you didn't know who Samuel was, right, this mm-hmm. is just an extra for this episode. He yeah. was the priest who served during the time of Saul, like King Saul, and then a portion of King David's reign. Yes. So just trying to place so him there. in, like, Bible, you know, history, that kind of thing. That's who he is, and that's where, where it's mentioned, like, where his birthplace yeah. is. Yeah, okay. that's who he is, and that's where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> so read all about him. <laughs> exactly. So Joseph of Arimathea, with his long name, or J of A, J-A, yeah, I don't know. We, we need a nickname for him. Yeah, but yeah. he can be found in all four Gospels, specifically around the crucifixion of Jesus and his burial. Right. And we think personally that that's pretty awesome because in the Gospels, you see four different stories from four different perspectives. And in this particular scenario, you see one man mentioned four times. Right. And um, when it comes to the consistency of the Gospels regarding the information each of them have, that's pretty impressive. Yes, yes. So it kind of makes us make sure that we're leaning in and really like we should pay attention to why he's, you know, who is this man and the fact that he's uh, mentioned by all all four Gospels. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And then similar, if y'all remember, um, if you listen to one of our uh, previous episodes, we did an episode on Nicodemus. Yeah. Similar to Nicodemus, there's not a lot of information about Joseph of Arimathea. But with the information that we do have, it speaks a lot about his role, who he was, his character, and the role that he played in the story of Jesus. Yep. So let's read. It's like, yep. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) I was like, why are you waiting? Um, So like we said, he appears in all four Gospels. So let's read about him. We're going to go through every account in the Gospels that he appears in. And then we're going to talk about it. So the first account is, of course, Matthew, the book of Matthew. And this is chapter 27, verses 57 through 60. And all of these verses are going to be in the NLT. So the Bible says, as evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Yeah. And that's the first one. This is what we had talked about when we were talking about contextually and what the bible tells us about jesus about how jesus is the rock and jesus is the cornerstone Mm -hmm. and jesus is the foundation and um we see the mention of rock so many times in this in this in this bible verse right yeah like it's telling us how Mm -hmm. right like he is the rock and then the rock was placed inside a rock and then a rock was was rolled (laughs) rolled in front of the yeah it's like a whole thing um which is something that i had never noticed before until we started like preparing for this episode but it's it's pretty cool because I mean, he's mentioned in all four Gospels, right? But, like, even if we had just this one, like, it's so rich. Like, it's already telling us so yes. much about him right. and, like, just the context of, you know, Jesus' burial. So, I think that's really, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yes, and it clears up for us the whole Arimathea thing because it mm-hmm. tells us that he is a rich man from this place. Yes, yes. So, so why, why he's up, called Joseph right. of Arimathea is because he's from Arimathea. Yes, like, it's giving us know, specifics. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we see uh, Joseph again in Mark 15, verses 42 to 46. And the Bible says, this halt happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. 
As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross wrapped it in the cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. The detail in these yeah. verses is outrageous. Again, like it's so full of information and even introduces some new stuff, right? Like it's just cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Think, like just Mark is, Mark is just telling, like he, he needs you to know it was Friday. It yeah. was the day of preparation. And it was and also was the day man? before the Sabbath. So contextually, we have so... Like, the, the Sabbath itself is so rich in this one verse. Yeah. Because it's telling us all about... Like, you needed to prepare for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy yeah. in itself, right? And then we go into... Um, we talk about Pilate. And we talk about how Joseph went in to talk to Pilate. Which is already huge. Because yes. you can't just go and talk to Pilate. Like, you, right. you don't... You can't just be anyone from the street. Mm-hmm. And exactly. So it was huge. So we know that he has power... We know that he was able to get a meeting with the big honcho. Yes. <laughs> on, on last minute also, right? Because right, this wasn't right. planned. Like no this one wasn't an appointment when yeah. he was going to be crucified and all this other Correct. stuff. Correct. Yeah. And then, I mean, we have the the good parentheses. And this, this is chock full, right? It says, Joseph was an honored member of the high council. Mm-hmm. And he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. So now we have more context about him. Yeah. And yeah. we know like, oh, okay. He was, he, he was, he was saved. He was a disciple. He yeah. was a follower, right? So mm-hmm. now we get more information about more him. Info. But it was, it's, yeah, it's just, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And then it just keeps going. So Luke also uh, speaks about him. And we read this in chapter 23 and verses 50 to 53. It says, Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish high council, but he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. Here we go again, mentioning of the rock, you know, pointing out who he was. And then Luke, you know, sprinkles in a little extra there where he's like, "Mm, he didn't agree with what's happening, which is pretty interesting. And then, of course, we also see it in John. Um, This one's in chapter 19, verses 38 to 42. Um, It says, afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, uh, parentheses, because he feared the Jewish leaders, um, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus's body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment and made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish uh, burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in in, in long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb, never used before. And so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So here's John, you know, again, adding a little bit more, even mentioning Nicodemus now, who, you know, we had talked about in a previous episode, and just the significance of, you know, the the Jewish burial customs, right? And kind of adding that detail in there. Um, so we see just throughout all these verses, like how much we can learn about Joseph and his character, right? And we mentioned a few, but we'll just go down this. 
um, these that we want to point out. Okay, so first of all, he was a prominent prominent Jewish leader. Uh, we see this in Mark 15, 43, that he was part of the high council, which meant he was well known, right? He was a public figure. And we mentioned this with, like with, with Nicodemus, he was probably surrounded by people who knew who he was. Like it wasn't like he could just walk around and no one knew who he was. He was well known. Uh, we also see that this uh, status, although maybe it, we can kind of see that maybe his status affected him initially, right? Because it does say like it was kind of he followed him in, in secret, but it didn't keep him from eventually showing support, which obviously we see this here by him uh, taking care of Jesus at his death, right? And being a supporter right. at the end. Right. And when it comes to him being a prominent Jewish leader, it's interesting because his prominence and his power was what allowed him to go to talk to Pilate, right? But yeah. Then when it was it like initially to... kind of maybe a not a hindrance, but something that made him like keep it a secret. But then he used that same power to then, like you said, go talk to. Yeah, Pilate that's and interesting. Take some that, it's 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 interesting because it's like we talk about like uh, spiritual gifts and wanting spiritual gifts mm -hmm. and wanting God to give us all these things or whatever. But what we maybe we, we do talk about it, but what we don't like to acknowledge is the fact that God likes to use what you have in your hand already. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like David and the stone. And it's like, hey, what do you have in your hand? What has God already given you to steward? And God mm -hmm. wants you to use that before you get everything else. Right. And um, in this case, like you said, he already had power. He already had prominence, which was a hindrance to him in his mind. Of like, he thought, I yeah. can't follow. Yeah, I can't follow Jesus publicly because I'll lose everything. But then that power is the same power that that allowed him to go into Pilate's uh, office or quarters or whatever. Yes. To yes. Um, yeah, because I imagine him to having an office. Time I was like, wait, yeah. wait, he doesn't have an office. This was a long time ago. <laughs> but to even get time with him to ask for the body, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and then absolutely. in regards to the context of the the Sabbath, right? And having wanting to go to get Jesus's body, but there was he had to have urgency, right? Because of oh, the yeah, Sabbath yeah. and how because they're there in the Hebrew calendar, the day started at sun down, right? That was the yeah. mark of the, the Just a little beginning of the day. Here. <laughs> exactly that was the, the mark of the beginning of the day yeah. so when sun sundown starts the new day sunrise start like the day ends right and yeah. um it was about to be the sabbath so it makes sense in regards to his urgency to go yeah. into Pilate's office and just i imagine him just like hitting the door like, boo, 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 like boo. i can't wait Yo, till tomorrow i need the body yeah. <laughs> yeah like i literally need you to help me and get this body so i can yeah. actually like put him in the tomb and do all the things right do the things that are proper yeah. uh for a burial right and have a small window so you need to you know approve this yeah exactly absolutely. yeah that's that's so that it helped that a lot that he was thought about yeah that he had this position yeah. and was able to push push that forward yeah, uh, so yeah a little a birdie point. told me that it's like it's like we had a live studio audience and a little there birdie told me that <laughs> <laughs> always helpful always helpful another thing was he was wealthy right matthew straight up calls him a wealthy man he calls him a rich man so we can uh kind of deduce from this the fact that he was you know because of that he was part of the high council like you didn't get to those positions uh you know without some money um and then joseph also had this unused tomb like in a rock mind you um, so I don't think that was cheap. You know, you had to get some laborers to carve that out um, mm -hmm. and to be prepared at like, I don't know how old he was or anything like that. But like, I don't think that's something everyone was able to do unless you had some right. money. Um, and then, of course, it, you know, good old John says it's by the garden. So, you know, prime real estate here. Let's let's go. You know, it's pretty. I want to I want to be Sounds buried like you would pretty. have a nice view. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's dead, but it's nice. 
So yeah, that just kind of points out to uh, his wealth. Three, he was a good and just man. So Luke points this out in chapter 23. And then we also see Mark calling him an honored man. So again, mm-hmm. his, his traits, right? This characteristic about him, uh, of how people perceived him, how people saw him or knew about him. Four, he stood for what was right. In Luke 23, uh, it notes that he didn't agree, right, with the decision to crucify Jesus. So he knew it was wrong. Um, and so he made it known. But unfortunately, you know, He's probably outnumbered. All the other people were like, well, we're for it, so we're going to go ahead with it. But, of course, his his opinion or, or how he felt about it was known because they wrote about it. You know, it wasn't a secret. Like, he didn't, like, oh, I really don't want to do this. You know, it was, it was known. People knew because it was then written in the gospel, right? So, um, right. And we don't know how many people, or not how many people, but, like, how many men were on this council. But the mm-hmm. fact that he was on number just tells me that he was probably the only one. Similar to, like, yeah. Nicodemus in our previous episode where he was like, hey, do we just, like, kill people without a trial? Like, is mm-hmm. he guilty? Because, like, we haven't, we don't have all the information and all this right. other stuff. But, like, this doesn't um, feel right. Yeah, right. And but, like, like outnumbered. I feel like if if there were more that were like, oh, you know, and this person supported mm-hmm. him or these two people, like, it probably would have been in the Gospels as well. So he's yes. probably the only one. Yeah. yeah. But he's, you know, he's, he stood up. He didn't, he wasn't majority, but hey, he still said it. It only he, takes one. Yeah, exactly. Five, he was a secret follower of Jesus. Uh, John mentions that, that he was secretly following Jesus because he feared the Jews. Again, just like Nicodemus, he didn't, you know, show his allegiance to Jesus initially, right? Like he, he was secretly following him. Uh, but we see that in his death, they come forward, right? And so does J of A. He comes forward and then goes above and beyond. Six, he was courageous. Again, we've already mentioned it a couple of times, but he was able to, I know he had the position, he had the power, he had the ability, but he was also like, he was courageous to even take that step, right? Like he was still, regardless of his position, like he was still gonna go and meet with, with a government official, if you will. And that's not an easy task. That's not something like you just do on a Tuesday. Like, you know, he went to Pilate and asked for the body and that should, that did take courage and faith for him to have to make that request. And like you said, even at, at an urgency, like it wasn't like, hey, whenever you have time, like it was yeah, like- Yeah, but also- imagine because we were talking about the urgency that he had right because the sabbath was coming and all of these things so he had limited time to prepare the body for burial and all this stuff but also because he was emotionally invested right because he said he was waiting for the kingdom of god to Mm -hmm. come and all of these things imagine how frantic this man probably was yeah or like he was probably borderline rude and just like, yo, I'm going to need you to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like like at, the, at his secretary's just like, I don't care if he's in a meeting. I don't care if it's yeah, off the clock. Yeah, because he was emotionally invested. Like yeah. I'd never thought about that before, how mm-hmm. he probably went in there and he's like, I'm going to need you to help me. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I can't take no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so the next thing is he was, Joseph was a planner, right? As we mentioned, he had a tomb. He had previously somehow planned ahead, right? He he was planning it for his own burial, but when the time was right, he was like, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have my tomb. And then this happens, right? Thanks to his preparedness, um, he was able to give it up and be like, you know what? We can give it to Jesus. Uh, he needs yes, a tomb. Yes, yes. Um, actually, so, I yeah, have one. Actually, like, where are we going to put him? Actually, I have a tomb. I have a place for yeah. him. We can put him in there. It speaks to, like, him being a planner, but, you know, something I think we had mentioned before was, like, it could have also been, like, God dropping hints, being like, hey, you need to plan for this. You need to prepare for this. Um, you know, maybe him thinking, like, oh, yeah, you know, I should probably just do it now. And really, like, it was... 
it was a way that God guided him. So he did have a tomb ready, right? When this happened. Right. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell in the people yet, but they, we could still be guided and God still spoke to people at the time. So Right, right. He could have had so a vision, a dream. Yeah. Like God could have just used people and it's like, I'm preparing, yeah. I'm preparing, I'm preparing. He's like, wait, he's like, everybody okay, in my circle I prepare. is preparing yeah. and buying tombs. I must buy the real estate. Yes, yes. So yes. he was a planner, but I... We believe there was a little Holy Spirit happening in there as well, uh, where God was, gu- was guiding and preparing because he knew, like, hey, I'm going to have Jesus there, and he's going to need I'm going to need this. I'm yeah. going to use my good friend over here, Joseph, and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's a planner, so he'll definitely do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting, too, to think about, um, I don't know why this is interesting, but it just occurred to me that why that particular area you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, cause God, do, everything that God does has a purpose yeah. and he doesn't do anything by accident. Right. So like, why did he want him in that particular tomb that was owned by that particular man mm-hmm. in that particular garden or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. interesting to think about. Cause I'm sure they had a reason. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know what, what it could be, but it's interesting to think about. And then you think like, oh, what a coincidence that Joseph had one nearby, right? Because that was the other thing. Right. Because of the urgency, it was like, well, we need one that we don't have to like, I was going to say drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't have to travel far with, with a body. Um, right. Because, you know, we have a window where we need to bury bury the body before, you know, before we're not allowed to anymore. And so, hey, what a coincidence, you know, Joseph had one I nearby. I have a tomb nearby. Um, exactly. And so, like, like we know with all things, you know, God doesn't do things by coincidences. So mm-hmm. there was definitely planning, uh, which is yeah. pretty awesome to think about. Um, yeah. And then the last thing is uh, we know Joseph cared for Jesus, right? Like he um, not only did he ask for Jesus' body, but he made sure to take it down from the cross and then carefully wrapped it in linen. And then, of course, we see Nicodemus come and he's like, hey, I also have some stuff to, you know, help repair mm-hmm. the body, at least to place it in the tomb. And so, you know, he gets help from from Nicodemus. And so they're able to at least repair the body to a certain extent to be able to comply with the Jewish custom and be able to do it before, you know, the Sabbath and all that. So he's able to place mm-hmm. it in the in the tomb. Yeah. I was just thinking about that in regards to because I haven't watched a lot of um <laughs> like Jesus movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, The Passion of the Christ is one I did see. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about him taking Jesus down from the cross. And I'm like, man, how did he do that? But I remembered, mm-hmm. like, I I've, I remember the scene from the movie. And it's like, they actually have to put the cross down, right? Yes. Bring it back down. Mm-hmm. And then that's how they take the body. But also, the other thing that I thought about was that when they, when they um, you know, when you look into the history of the crucifixion and all this other stuff, usually what they say is that the the main um, horizontal pole was always in the ground. And then Jesus probably carried the, uh, I'm sorry, the main vertical pole is always in the ground. And then Jesus probably carried the crossbar, which is the horizontal pole. Mm. Right. So then um, in that sense, I'm like, man, did they, did they put the whole cross down or like, how did they get Mm -hmm. the body off of the cross? Right. Cause that's a whole fiasco in itself. Yeah. Um, and he's probably never done this. This is a high council person and he doesn't yeah, get dirty, I'm sure, and do. all this other stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It just I'm just like, my gosh, the effort that went into this whole thing mm-hmm. for him to be able to to bury Jesus and um to honor him in his death, right? Yes. Um yes. 
But the other thing is, because we know that this was a very public place, right? If you listen to our Golgotha episode, this was where, um, this was a main, they, these people were crucified and murdered in, on a main road right outside mm-hmm. of the city. So right. there was a lot of traffic in and out. Everybody walked everywhere. So this was, was very the, public. The, you know, it was a Passover, so there was even more people going around. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So people are there to celebrate the holiday and do all this stuff. So this was very public for, for Joseph. I was going to call him James. That's not his name. His name is <laughs> Joseph. For Joseph to come out there on a limb and be like, yo, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to help him. I'm going to get him out of this cross. The women were there, right? So he's caring yes. for the women as he's caring for Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was probably very emotional. And then yeah. we see him wrap the body in this linen, right? Mm-hmm. And then a detail about this whole situation, because we know now, of course, that he was going to resurrect and he was going to ascend. But yes. at that time, I'm sure there was people that believed it and people that didn't, people mm-hmm. that didn't understand it and all of these things. But we see Joseph of Arimathea place a blanket, place the linen situation over right. Jesus's body, right? And then we see later on in the story that the women were uh, going back to the tomb the next day after the Sabbath and they were going to do the myrrh and the this and the that because mm-hmm. the sabbath was coming they had to stop yeah. the process so it, it tells oh, us yeah, or it yeah. points to the fact that joseph of arimathea probably thought jesus was going to resurrect because he's like you know what he's gonna come back all he needs is a blanket he'll be fine <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but then everybody else was like no we have to do the ritual we have to do this we have to do this which i don't know it makes me think of the whole mary versus martha situation uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's like oh i may think he's gonna resurrect but like this is tradition so we have to do it the traditional way or whatever i don't know that was interesting yeah and it's fun at right now that you said linen it reminded me of something i watched yesterday just the fact that they wrapped him in linen like linen represented purity and so mm. the fact that they wrapped him in linen like that was very significant for them it wasn't just whatever yeah cloth, even you know? that small detail right yeah because it says joseph bought it so he bought linen Yes. And white linen at that, which I, mm-hmm. which now we know represents purity. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The significance of that detail as well of, you know, he wasn't just covered with whatever. He was covered with linen, which represents purity, mm-hmm. which is what Jesus was, right? It's what God. he was, right? What um, he is. Yeah. Which is wild. Man. But yeah. So. That's crazy. But yeah, all these details that are kind of woven into Joseph's story um, and all the things that maybe he thought he was just doing because he knew Jesus and he wanted to do the right thing. And now he believed or he was a secret follower, but so much significance into all the actions and, and details of uh, what he even did on that day, um, which is pretty, pretty great. So, yeah, even though there's like just these few verses, right, and they're, they're in all the Gospels, but it's about the same event, but just how powerful mm-hmm. all those all those things are and it just speaks so much about who joseph was and just the significance of what he did so yeah and how how like even as we were reading how every every gospel gives us more information yeah it's like a sentence but it gives us another picture and Mm -hmm. another picture another picture and all of a sudden you look up and you have this yeah yeah and all of a sudden you have this picture of joseph of arimathea and you're like whoa i know a lot about this guy Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go this slow, like we are doing in this episode, yeah. you're like, oh, we actually have a lot of information, mm-hmm. right? It, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as little as it did before. Right, but also, exactly. Um, and we'll close with this, but we definitely wanted to mention the fact that uh, Nicodemus's story parallels Joseph of Arimathea yeah. and how 
Uh, we see them as being followers of Jesus, but we see them do that uh, behind closed doors because yeah, they don't really know how to do it publicly. They're both important they ha- public figures, so yeah. Yeah, they have these high offices and this responsibility, and um, they have some religious things that they're attached to and what mm-hmm. their culture is trying to tell them to do, and God knows what their responsibilities were to their families as well. And so we see them come out of the woodwork when Jesus dies and um, how their stories are almost identical. Mm-hmm. I very, think the only thing that we, yeah, the only thing that we have uh, from Nicodemus that we don't have from Joseph is the fact that Nicodemus spoke to Jesus previously before yes. the crucifixion. And we don't know how Joseph got the gospel or how he heard the gospel, mm-hmm. but we see the result and we see the fruit of whoever fruit, got to yeah. him that, yeah, that gave him the information. But um, I don't know. Our conclusion is that hopefully Nicodemus yeah. and Joseph became best friends after like, this we, because like, we don't they have know similar if they stories. Had any- <laughs> Yeah, if they had any interaction before this, right? Like, if this was the yeah. moment where they both, like, came out in public and were like, we're going to be public with our, our belief and our faith and our, our following Jesus. And if it was, like, imagine the friendship and the relationship that progressed from there and just the stories that they could have shared, that they probably did share, saying, like, wait, right. you're, but you're part of this and you, yeah, you believe like, in you're Jesus. Here. Like, you're here. But you're a Pharisee and you believe in Jesus. Like, uh-huh. yeah, like... Like, it's just wild to me to think, like, that that they both can share their story and realize, like, wow, God was working on both of us at the same time. And here yeah, we are awesome. meeting at this, you know, very significant moment. And now we can, like, help each other out, right? Like, this brotherhood yeah. kind of thing. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Even to think that they might have met before and not known they were believers. Yeah. Like, that's so interesting, right? And then all of a sudden, they're at the feet of the cross, and they're like, wait. Yeah. I've no, like, I I've saw you there, you but before. I thought you were there for something else. Like, right, I thought you right. were there for something else. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's interesting to just imagine. Obviously, we don't have the context of it. It's not in, in scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. just seeing, like, like, how their stories are so similar, like you said. And just the fact that they did, even if they had met before, like the fact that they both went and and cared for Jesus um, at the crucifixion and to bury him, like that had to have like created something between them. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. So yeah, that's all we know about Joseph of Arimathea. Um, We definitely know a lot more now than we knew before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That was awesome. That was a juicy episode. Yeah. I I didn't expect it to be, but that was crazy. But yeah. God really brought out a bunch of extra things and revealed some stuff to us, which was awesome. And I hope y'all enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, she already said it, so I don't have to say it. So as always, this is Fran. This is Yelly. We are the Midtown Misfits, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.